Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 123. It's Christmas time. The readings are for, uh, I'm going to do uh, first the readings for the Nativity of the Lord, uh, Christmas Eve at the, the, the vigil readings, and then I'll go into the uh, readings for the um, early, let me see. Okay, um, for the, uh, well, this one here is for all three cycles. <laughs> they give it to you all. So I'll, I'm going to try to get through all of them because, you know, I figured why not? All right. So <clears throat> Merry Christmas to everyone. So, um, rejoice. For a child is born for us, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And this is from St. Leo the Great. Dearly beloved, today our Savior is born. Let us rejoice. Sadness should have no place on the birthday of life. The fear of death has been swallowed up. Life brings us joy with the promise of eternal happiness. No one is shut out from this joy. All share the same reason for rejoicing. Our Lord, victor over sin and death, finding no one free from sin, came to free us all. Christian, remember your dignity, and now that you share in God's own nature, do not return by sin to your former base condition. Bear in mind who is your head and of whose body you are a, you are a member of you are a member. Do not forget that you have been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the light of God's kingdom. This was St. Leo the Great. This, I think, is beautiful. We, we have a dignity in Christ. As Christians, yes, we were baptized. We, uh, we died to our sin. We died with Christ on the cross and we rose again. And we have the gift of eternal life. We share in the sacrament, the body and blood of Christ. But also we have to remember something, which I think, um, I didn't get a chance to do it, but I'm going to try to find it, uh, again, the, uh, letter that, J.R. Tolkien was going to write to C.S. Lewis when C.S. Lewis himself sadly compromised the sacrament of marriage while having one for a secular court, like for divorce, and one for a religious court for annulments. And he, in one of his books, I can't remember which one, Tolkien was disappointed that his best friend um, would compromise this. And he never had a chance to mail the letter, but I liked what his his premise was. Uh, his argument was that Christian morality is for everyone, not just for the Christian. And so the joy of the dignity of Christ is for everyone because all of humanity fell into sin and Christ came because it says, for God so loved the world. 
that he gave his only begotten son. And so Christian dignity, the redemption, the salvation is for all. But they have to accept it. They have to understand it. They have to receive it. You know, that, the old saying, you can't give what you don't have. We have the gift of eternal life. We have to share the gospel. We have the gift of the gospel and we have to share it with the rest of the world. We have to preach the gospel to everyone who would hear and listen and receive it willingly. So it's wrong that this whole idea of um, don't, you know, when they tell us not to shove our faith. No, we're not going around. We're not forcing people against their will. But we are sharing with the world. We are filling. We are fulfilling uh, the mission of the great proclamation, which is to share the gospel, the joy of salvation with everyone. All right, so let's move on from here. Okay, so um, at the vigil. This is from Exodus chapter 16, verse 6 and 7. Today you will know that the Lord will come and he will save us. And in the morning you will see his glory. Okay. So, and now we go to the Gloria. All right. First we'll say the... Uh, the act of contrition in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray for me and with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Christe elision, Christe elision, Christe elision. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Okay. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take, you are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High. Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, a reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 62, verses 1 to 5. The Lord delights in you. 
For Zion's sake, I will not be silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet until your vindication shines forth like the dawn and her victory like a burning, burning torch. Nations shall behold your vindication, all the kings your glory. You should be called by a new name, pronounced by the mouth of the Lord. You shall be glorious crown in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem held by your God. No more shall people call you forsaken, or your, your land desolate, but you shall be called my delight. And your, and your land espoused, for the Lord delights in you, and makes your land his spouse. As a young man marries a virgin, your builder shall marry you. And as a bridegroom rejoices in his bride, so shall your God rejoice in you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So. Uh, Psalm 89, forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord, forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. I have made a covenant with my chosen one, I have sworn to David my servant, forever I will confirm your, conform, confirm your posterity and establish your throne for all generations, forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord, forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. Blessed be the people who know the joyful shout in the light of your countenance, O Lord. They walk at your name. They rejoice all the day. And through your justice, they are exalted. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. He shall say of me, you are my father, my God, the rock, my savior. Forever I will maintain my kindness toward him, and my covenant with him stands firm. Forever forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. So, in the, um, in the first one, um, Isaiah for Zion's sake, I will not be silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet until the vindication shines, until her vindication shines forth like the dawn and her victory like a burning torch. Nations shall behold your vindication and all the kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name, pronounced by the mouth of the Lord. You shall be glorious, crown in the hand of the Lord a royal diadem held by your God. No more shall people call you forsaken. No more people shall call you forsaken as your land desolate, but you shall be called my delight and your land espoused. For the Lord delights in you and, make, and makes your land his spouse. As a young man marries a virgin, your bride shall marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices in his role, in his bride, so shall your God rejoice in you. This is basically talking about the church, Christ redeemed, the bride of Christ. It's basic. It's 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 talking about that, and I think we should really consider that because desolate, forsaken, is the state of sin. 
you know, how often we all, we all feel that we're forgotten. We're all like, we feel like there's no hope. We feel misery. We feel sad and depressed. Uh, and there's a lot of people who feel that way. A lot of people who feel abandoned and lonely. And that's, that's, that's true because the state of the world that we're in, you know, people who are lonely, they're looking, I mean, look at this, this is, they're looking for some meaning and purpose in life. And in the modern world, unfortunately, I think what's happened was a lot of times, even I think with many of our clerics in the church, they're, instead of bringing the gospel to the Lord, uh, to the world and they're trying to confirm, conform the Christian faith to, to the world, which is why, you know, like all this stuff about, you know, um, being woke, being woke, being, um, politically correct, you know, to, instead of like, the world has to change the world, you know, you, you know, the individual, the person who repents has to repent and change their way of life. Now it's not that way. Now, you, the church, the Christian, you have to change. You have to accept the world as it is. And you have to conform your life to the world. And it's not true. That's not what's supposed to be. Because the truth is, this is why, I mean, come on. Isn't that what all the other denominations did? Isn't that what the the Presbyterians or the the these Protestant mainline denominations, they did that? They accepted um, the sinful life. That's basically what the German bishops want. That's what basically what James Martin wants, really. Right? We have to get into it. In other words, which I've said it before, which is what the, the Bible warns about. Woe unto those who call evil good. And good evil. That's what it is about. You know, we're just, unfortunately, even though a lot of Catholics, they don't want to say that, but that's exactly what they're saying. They don't want to say that, but that's exactly what they're doing. And unfortunately, that's not going to happen. It's not going to work. For them, it's not going to work. God, God will, because the gospel never does that. Well, let's move on to the next one. Okay, a reading from the book of Acts, chapter 13. Paul bears witness to Christ, the son of David. A reading from the book of Acts, chapter 13. When Paul reached Antioch in uh, Pisidia and entered the synagogue, he stood up, motioned with his hands and said, Fellow Israelites and you others who are God-fearing, listen. The God of this people, Israel, 
chose our ancestors and exalted the people during their sojourn in the land of Egypt. With uplifted arms, he led them out of it. Then he removed Saul and raised up David as king. Of him he testified, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will carry out my every wish. From this man's descendants, God, according to his promise, has brought to Israel a savior, Jesus. John heralded his coming by proclaiming a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was completing his course, he would say, What do you suppose that I am? I am not he. Behold, one is coming after me. I am not worthy to unfasten the sandals of his feet. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. Alleluia, alleluia. Tomorrow the wickedness of the earth will be destroyed. The Savior of the world will reign over us. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the book of, of the, from the gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 1. Um, the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham became the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah became the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez became the father of Hazra. Hazran became the father of Ram, Ram the father of Amanadab, Amanadab became the father of Nashan, Nashan the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz became the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed became the father of Jesse, Jesse the father of David the king. David became the father of Solomon. Solomon was the father, had been the, um, David became the father of Solomon, whose mother had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon became the father of Rohabam. Rohabam became the father of Abijah. Abijah, the father of Asaph. Asaph became the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the father of Jerome. Jerome became, was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah became the father of Jotham, Jotham, the father of Ahaz, Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah became the father of Manasseh, Manasseh, the father of Amos, Amos, the father of Josiah, Josiah became the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the Babylonian exile. After the Babylonian exile, Jeconiah became the father of Shelatel, Shelatel, the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, the father of Obayat. Obayat became the father of Eliakim. Eliakim, the father of Azur. Azur, the father of Zadok. Zadok became the father of Achaim. Achaim, the father of Eliot. Eliot, the father of Eleazar. Eleazar became the father of Mathan. Mathan, the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Joseph. The husband of Mary, of her, was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. 
Thus the total generations from Abraham to David is 14 generations. From David to the Babylonian exile, 14 generations. From the Babylonian exile to Christ, 14 generations. Now, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intentions when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will they shall name him they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. He had no relation with her until she bore a son and he named him Jesus. The gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so we went through a reading from Isaiah and the reading of the first part of Isaiah, yes, it spoke of Israel as a forsaken, uh, which is, a, Israel has always been a picture of the church. Israel was redeemed, uh, brought out of Egypt. Um, they were um, a people who God has chosen. A promise made by Abraham, a promise made to Jacob, uh, and then a promise made again, a covenant he made with them uh, on Mount Sinai. And they are a people who God has made a covenant. A covenant is a marriage, pretty, pretty much like a marriage. And they were to be his people set apart. And their history has been rise and fall constantly. A picture of like individual sinners like us. Like I said, you know, we we fall into a, a situation. We do we go into a, a situation that is not good for us, not not morally good for us, not healthy for us. Sin. Sin um attractive as it is, uh captivating as it is, it's it's basically a trap. It's an allure, an illusion of something we shouldn't have. We go, we they break their covenant with God. They fall into uh, a black pit of sinful desires. You know, uh, they fell into idolatry. They fell into human sacrifice. They, um, they, and the more and more they they fell into that sin, the darker they didn't repent. They just continued 
to go further and further down that rabbit hole, right? That they could not, that they made for themselves and they couldn't climb out. Only God can help them. And so they were exiled to Babylon. As we can see in the um, the reading of the genealogy of Jesus, those genealogy names, as alien as they sound, they all have a meaning. Because in the ears of the Jewish people, when they hear those names that Matthew picked out, starting from Abraham and then going down from Abraham to uh, Jacob and his sons, and then going, you hear that particular names that stand out, and those particular names, certain major events, certain events happened that was, you could say, a bumpy road along the ride. And then, of course, you go to, you know, from there they go into Egypt and they were under slavery and they were brought out from that slavery under Moses, redeemed. All right, rescued means redeemed uh, out of uh, their captivity and their sin. And then they came into the promised land and, of course, they went through a, a history there with battling the pagans. And that in itself is like a picture of our own lives. We battle certain idols every single time throughout the week, through our own lives. We go, uh, those idols can be drugs, alcohol, uh, temptations of different other kind of sins like adultery, um, fornication, money, um, many other forms of idolatry that could destroy us spiritually and destroy our families and our and our and our relationships and and you know it's difficult and when you fall into that you got to make your way back and make your way back to Christ finally of course they were brought back from Babylon and um then it comes to uh Joseph I mean uh Joseph, the son of uh, the husband of Mary, who married her, and Mary, who is the mother of the Christ, who became pregnant by the uh, uh, of of the of the uh, of the Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, and this, of course, is salvation history. Now, Paul, Paul is bringing this gospel now out into the Gentiles. Now the story is taking on a different form. The Judaism, which was conformed to the Jewish people, national, ethnic, racial, is now being revealed and going a transform. Let's put it this way. It's it's now got it now has wings and it's going to break away from those borders. Break break away, fly out above that wall into into a spiritual Judaism for the Gentiles, uniting both. Because in Christ, that national ethnic Judaism is going to become a spiritual Judaism. It has to. It is now fulfilling what God promised to Abraham. Through you, all the families of the earth, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And that's what's happened. The gospel now the Judaism now has become the gospel. And the gospel promised me to Israel is now not just for the Jews, but for the whole world.
okay? And this is what the church is. Now, of course, you know, the other day I was listening, there are Messianic Jews trying to hold on to that identity. I just don't know how well that's going to work. I'm not saying you can't be what you call nationally or ethnically Jewish. I just don't know if it's possible. I mean, I don't think it's possible because I think that's, it's man-made. I think that whatever God makes, it has to be something that comes direct from God. Everything else after 2,000 years, I don't think you can create a um, a Judaism like uh, that's diff- that that basically is man-made. I'm sorry. I mean, yes, I'm not saying that their Jewish heritage is wrong, or their Jewish culture, or the Hebrew is wrong. But I think if it was meant to be. I think the problem was because the two have separated their way. I'm not, I, I don't see a problem with a church that speaks Hebrew, that does the gospel in Hebrew. I don't see a, a, a Christianity with, with a Hebrew element to it. Um, yeah, even like more reflecting a church with a Hebrew element, cultural uh, Hebrew element to it, but to hold on, I think, to the past, and and or deny, let's say, the church and the present. I don't think it's right. I think a lot of it, there has to be you know an or a sort of like, or an organic. That I believe must come only from the Holy Spirit and not from man. It has to be something more organic. I don't know what that is because I don't have, I think because this is a touchy subject matter, but I do believe that what we have after 2000 years comes from God, comes from what Christ, what what Christ has done for us on Calvary. I don't think it can come from, you can't create something from human beings. That's like, I hate to say it, it's like Protestantism. Protestantism itself keeps splitting up into different denominations. But what we have comes directly from the Son of God himself. From the Holy Trinity. From the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's different. All right, let's move on from there. All right, so now we're going to do the readings. This is from Mass at Night. Um... And I'm going to go, I'm going to skip the entrance antiphon, just go into the the first reading. This is for um, the, the, the nighttime mass during the night, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 to 6. A son is given to us, a reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom. A light has shone. You have brought them abundant joy and great rejoicing as they rejoice before you as at the harvest. A people make merry when dividing spoils for the yoke that burdened them, 
the pole on their shoulder and the rod of their taskmaster you have smashed as on the day of Midian. For every boot that tramped in battle, every cloak rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for flames. For a child is born to us, a son is given us, a son is given us. Upon his shoulder dominion rests. They name, they name him Wonder Counselor, God Hero, Father Forever, Prince of Peace. His dominion is vast and forever peaceful. From David's throne and over his kingdom, which, which he confirms and sustains by judgment and justice. One. Both now and forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The psalm. Responsible Psalm today is born our Savior Christ the Lord, Psalm 96. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all you lands. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Today is born our Savior Christ the Lord. Announce his salvation day after day. Tell his glory among the nations, among all the peoples, his wondrous deeds. Today is born our Savior Christ the Lord. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and what fills it resound. Let the plains be joyful and all that is in them. Then shall all the trees of the forest exult. Today is born our Savior Christ the Lord. They shall exult before the Lord for he comes. For he comes to rule the earth. He shall rule the world with justice and the peoples with his consistency. Today is born our Savior, Christ the Lord. Okay, okay. the second reading is a reading from the letter of St. Paul to Titus, chapter 2, verse 11 to 14. The grace of God has appeared to all. Beloved, the grace of God has appeared, has appeared saving all and training us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live temperately, justly and devoutly in this age as we await the blessed hope, the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to deliver us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people as his own, eager to do what is good. Okay, so this is a very short one. Yeah, I'll read it one more time. Beloved, the grace of God has appeared, saving all and training us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live temperately, justly and devoutly in this age as we await the blessed hope and the appearance of the glory of, of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to deliver us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people as his own, eager to do what is good. All right, so um, this is a thing I think a lot of us, um, I mean, when we read this, this here, the first part of Isaiah is a beautiful one. A promise here the people are rejoicing the the heavy pole the heavy burden on them is sin 
sin. And this is something that nobody likes to talk about. Nobody likes to talk about the word sin. We don't hear the word sin being talked about from the pulpit. Uh, it's hardly ever mentioned uh, by a lot of our pastors for some reason. Uh, I think it's their uh, the way they're, they were formed. A lot of this unfortunately comes from the, six, the late 60s and 70s. And I have, uh, and, you know, and, and, you know, and that I'll, it's funny, somebody referred to that as the dark ages of the Catholic church, uh, because a lot of the, um, the mentality was not to put guilt on people, not to talk about, not, not to preach guilt. Uh, it's more like a psychiatrist attitude, uh, a positive attitude, but unfortunately it wasn't really that it really undermined. It was to undermine the preaching and the teaching. And it did. There was a lot of undermining. And, um, and we saw that because when the catechism of the Catholic church came out under John Paul II, a lot of people didn't like it. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you, a lot of people don't like it. They don't like it because a lot of them still don't quote it. A lot of those guys don't quote the catechism. Because the idea was not to talk about guilt, not to, you know, it, it was more like it was literally trying to, to make the Catholic church look like the Anglican and Episcopalian. Nobody wants to talk about guilt. It's not guilt. It's all psychological. It's all, you know, uh, you know, it, it's, it's sort of like a progressive Catholicism. Sin is a spiritual disease. A spiritual disease that our first parents reached out and the whole purpose was it to become the master of your life. It was, they were duped and tricked by the devil and because of sin, he has, he is the master, the, 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 the master, the, the tyrant, the Pharaoh, the, 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 um, the Nebuchadnezzar, the 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 Herod, okay, the uh, the Caligula, the Nero, who rules over our lives, okay. The 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 evil one who rules over our lives and holds us captive. When we sin, we hand ourselves over to him, because he is the accuser. He wants us to sin so that we, out of shame, what do we do? We run and hide from God. Because when we sin, we lose the grace. We lose the glory of God. And we are under him. He's the serpent. He's the one that whispers in our ears. He's the one that puts the temptation in front of us and suggests it. He's the one that, that, that makes us think just once. That's all it is. Just once. Why, why can't I do it just once? Just to feel the pleasure just once. The alcohol, the drugs, the stealing, the, 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 the sin, the, the violation, the, the abuse of, of an innocent life, the lying, the gossiping, the jealousy. And then the most beautiful part, the shame. 
the shame, the shame, that the, the guilt. It's all under his power. If you deny evil, you're, you know, you, you, you basically, you basically, basically dig yourself a, a, a darker hole, a deeper hole. And that's what all happens, my friends. That's why, that's why things are the way they are. And Jesus is the liberator. He is the true Moses. He is the one. He is the wonder, the wonderful counselor, the God hero, the one who will rescue us from this. And that's who we need. Okay. Alleluia, alleluia. I proclaim to you good news of great joy. Today a Savior is born for us, Christ the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Okay. Today a Savior is born for you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 14. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be enrolled, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, that is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and family of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they, while they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there, was, there were shepherds in that region living in the fields, and keeping the, the night watch over their flock. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were struck with great fear. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today, the city of David, a Savior has been born for you, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, now this is for the reading during the day. It's a very short one. Okay, first reading, Isaiah 62, 11-12. Behold your Savior come. See the Lord proclaims to the ends of the earth, say to the daughter of Zion, Your Savior comes. Here is his reward with him, his recompense before him. They shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called frequented, a city that is not forsaken. I'll read it again. See the Lord proclaims to the ends of the earth, say to daughter Zion, your Savior comes. Here is his reward with him, his recompense before him. They shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called frequented, a city that is not forsaken. And I'm going to go and combine this with the uh, the psalm, Psalm 97. A light will shine on us this day. The Lord is born for us. 
The Lord is King, let the earth rejoice, let the many isles be glad. The heavens proclaim his justice, and all people see his glory. A light will shine on us this day, the Lord is born for us. The light dawns for the just, and gladdens the, the upright of heart. Be glad in the Lord, you just, and give thanks to his holy name. A light will shine on us this day, the Lord is born for us. Okay, second reading again from Titus, chapter 3, verse 4 to 7. Because of his mercy, he saved us. A reading from the letter of St. Paul, Paul to Titus. Beloved, when the, ki when, when the kindness and generous love of God our Savior appeared, not because of any righteous deeds we had done, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the bath of rebirth, and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he richly poured out on us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that we might be justified by his grace and become heirs in hope of eternal life. Okay. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'll read it one more time. Beloved, when the kindness and generous love of God our Savior appeared, not because of any righteous deeds we had done, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the bath of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he richly poured out on us through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that we might be justified by his grace and become heirs in hope of eternal life. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 2, verse 15 to 20. The shepherds found Mary and the infant. When the angel went away from them to heaven, the shepherds, said to one another, Let us go then to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went and went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that has been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told them by the shepherds, and Mary kept all these things reflecting on them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so now we go to the Mass during the day, Entrance Antiphon. From Isaiah 9, verse 5. A child is born for us, and a son is given to us. His scepter of power rests upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Messenger of Great Counsel. Okay, and the reading is um, Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7 and 10. All the ends of the earth will behold the salvation of our God. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him 
who brings glad tidings. Announcing peace, bearing good news, announcing salvation, and saying to Zion, Your God is King. Hark, you sentinels, raise a cry. Together they shout for joy. For they see directly before their eyes the Lord restoring Zion. Break out together in song, O ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord comforts his people. He redeems Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, all the ends of the earth, will behold the salvation of our God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, and the responsorial psalm is going to be Psalm 98. All the ends of the earth have seen the saving power of God. All the ends of the earth have seen the saving power of God. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wondrous deeds. His right hand has woven victory for him, his holy arm. All the ends of the earth have seen the saving power of God. The Lord has made his salvation known. In the sight of the nations, he has revealed his justice. He has remembered his kindness and his faithfulness toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the saving power of God. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation by our God. Sing joyfully to the Lord, all you lands. Break into, into song, sing praise. All the ends of the earth have seen the saving power of God. Sing praise to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and melodious song, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Sing joyfully before the King, the Lord. All the ends of the earth has seen the, sal the salvation, the, the saving power of God. All the ends of the earth have seen the saving power of God. Okay, and uh, I'm going to combine it uh, with uh, the letter to the Hebrews here. Uh, go right into it. Um, a reading from the beginning of the letter to the Hebrews, God has spoken to us through his, through the Son. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 6. In times past, God spoke in partial and various ways to our ancestors through the prophets. In these last days, he has spoken to us through the Son, whom he made heir of all things, and through whom he created the universe, who is the refulgence of his glory, the very imprint of his being. Could never get that word right. When thou, when who, and who sustains all things by his mighty word. When he had accomplished purification from sins, he took his seat at the right hand of the majesty on high, as far superior to the angels, as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For which to the angels did God ever say, You are my son, this day I have begotten you. Or again, I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. And again, when he leads the firstborn into the, into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. A holy day has dawned upon us. Come, you nations, and adore the Lord, for today a great light has come upon the earth. 
Alleluia, alleluia. The Word has become flesh and made His dwelling among us. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 1, verse 1 to 18. And, uh, well, we're going to do the whole long portion of it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through Him, and without Him nothing came to be. What came to be through Him was life, and the life was the light of the human race. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony, to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came to be through him, and the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by a man's decision, but of God. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, The one who is coming after me ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. From his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace, because while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only Son, God, who is at the Father's side, has revealed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> so, one of the things I have to say that I really appreciate about the liturgy, the Mass, and the Catholic the Catholic faith in general, the our Catholic Christian faith, is... <sighs> The the readings, the liturgical readings that throughout the year, throughout the seasons, you know, the beautiful thing about it is that we, we get to see salvation history. Salvation history throughout the liturgical season. We get to explore it. And it's like we're taken by the hand. You know, by our Lord, by the Holy Spirit, by the Trinity in general. And God is with us. And when you look at the readings... When you, if you, if you follow the readings, the most amazing thing about it is that you, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're witnessing that God is with us 
God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. From the beginning, like, of the church year, you know, you know, like Advent was the beginning of 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 a new of a new uh, liturgical calendar. The beginning of a, a liturgical calendar, you you witness it through a, a ordinary time through Christmas, uh, ordinary time. Then we get into Lent, and then Easter. We go through the Passion, the Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, and you know. And then you go to the Easter season of, of Pentecost, Easter and then Pentecost. You, you witness it. You, expl- you know, you, you know, you're not alone. You got God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, our one triune God taking us and pointing to us salvation history, the beginning of the of creation the beginning you know the you see the fall you witness the the degradation the the, the consequences of original sin uh Cain and Abel um the the world before the flood the flood of Noah Noah's and Noah and his families the beginning of a, of a new of, of the second you know of the new age of the world I don't know if you call I guess you call it the second age of the world uh, again the consequences of sin you know no one's no one his son Ham what Ham did and then you witness the world and you go you witness the Babel the Tower of Babel and then you witness the call of Abraham the journey of faith. And then it goes on and the beauty of it, just the, the witness and the beauty of it is fantastic. You know, um, Jake, uh, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, you know, the tragedy, uh, you know, the, 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 the tragedy, the betrayal of his brothers, the jealousy and betrayal of his brothers, the attempted murder on him, Selling him off pretty much uh, to his death, you know, sentencing him to his death into slavery, being sold off to the Ish- to the Arabs, Ishmaelites, and then them selling him off to Egypt, and then him, his the drama of his life in Egypt, as a servant, then imprisoned, then his rise up again, uh, becoming Messiah, realizing that he's a Messiah figure. And then becoming the salvation of his people who go into Egypt. Then the drama of Moses leading the Israelites out. And then the drama in the wilderness. Joshua, the judges, Samson, Gideon. And then the story of of, of Ruth. And then King Saul, David, Solomon. The tragedy of David, the tragedy of Solomon, the tragedy, the the division uh, of of the kingdom, the kingdom falling apart, then the um, Elijah, Elisha, uh, all the prophets, and then Jeremiah, Isaiah, the deportation to Babylon, 
Daniel, you know, and then Esther, and their return from Babylon, the Mac, uh, the, the the Maccabean uh, wars, and then finally the birth of Christ, the nativity of our Lord, his ministry. All these things, all these things, all these things is is showing you that God did not abandon us. He gave he created he created humanity, man and woman in his image. He didn't abandon us to our sinful nature. Instead, he he made a plan to bring us back, not against our own will, but because he respected our will. But he planned salvation. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. All these things are important. Every single one of them is important. It's important for us. We, the church, the church is, is, is the bride of Christ. The church is there to guide us to salvation. Christ established the church on his apostles. Christ blessed the church, empowered her to teach and preach. The sacraments are to make us holy, to bring us closer to him, to, to make us, to, to drive us forward to him. To, and we have to, the other important fact is that we have to be attentive to our faith. We have to be constant. We have to constantly um, stalk the flames. Not let ourselves become dull. Not be let ourselves become bored. Not neglectful. Everything is to, to drive us forward. Christ did not abandon us. He gave us the sacrament. The sacrament of baptism uh, washes away original sin, but not you know. But we have to be aware of personal sin, and we have to. Uh, it brings us closer. Yes, it saves us, but we have to keep um, nurturing our faith. Confirmation. Everything is about knowing. And having a relationship with God. Sealing us with the Holy Spirit. But we have to keep. We have to stay holy. We have to remain holy. The Holy Spirit. We have to be attentive. And listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit guiding us to be holiness. Praying the rosary. um, Doing the readings. 
you know, reading the, you could do your own personal readings. You can read the, the gospel. You can read the scriptures with the church throughout the year. Uh, the rosary is important. You can do the liturgy of the hours if you want. Um, or some version of it. There's a, you know, other versions of it. The incarnation of Christ is always present. That, that event, why that event? Think about it. A couple, a home, a practically a couple, a husband and wife, a young virgin, both of them marked by God. Mary, the Immaculate Conception, created for this purpose. Her out of all, why her out of all the women? She can't be just an ordinary young woman. Joseph is not an ordinary young man. And born under the shadow of one of the greatest empires on earth. Caesar didn't notice this. Nobody saw this. There was no great headlines of his birth in Bethlehem. Lucky if that town even had 200 people. This baby born in the most unhealthy conditions all right, was remarkable that he survived. Can I think about child mortality rate back then? But he changed the world. He changed the world. To this day, we got songs, really holy songs. O come, O come, Emmanuel, Silent Night, um, Holy Night, What Child Is This? Mary, Did You Know? Not a great song, but still. Even we got other songs like Jingle Bells, Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Santa Claus is Coming in Town. Nothing to do with, with him, but still all inspired from the season. We decorate our trees. We put out nativities. We celebrate a day in some parts of the world. I mean, seriously, banks are closed. Um, government houses are closed. Um, we have parades. We mark the season, right? We got Thanksgiving. And then we have the at the end of the Thanksgiving Day Parade, it, now, it, it marks the beginning of the Christmas season. We have Advent, right? We have holy days of obligation in the church. The history of the calendar is marked, divided in two events. B.C. A.D., before Christ, Admo Domini, the year of our Lord. From the, from, from the, from the time of his 
birth and his death, A.D. 33. All revolved around him. Historians still talk about him. They debate the events. Archaeologists revolve around him. And and even to this day, you know, it, it great debates and, 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 and arguments and even sometimes wars began. Not that they were in a sense justified, maybe some of them not, but still we have Western civilization. Under him, like Dr. Steve, uh, Steve Turley said, in under Christ, Jerusalem, Athens, and Rome became the, th- the, the three legs, the three foundations of Western civilization. Jerusalem giving us divine revelation and morality, Athens giving us philosophy and the intellect, and then an intellectual world, and then Rome giving us our government and republic. Not Islam. No. Not Islam, not, what do you call it, anything from Asia. But even to this day, it dominates civilization. In the West, even they, you know, in in the Middle East, they follow the Western calendar. Asia, like in China and Japan and India, they follow the Western calendar. Even communists follow the calendar based on Christ. So... And even now, in this culture, they're trying to remove Christ from the dating system. They're trying to remove A.D. and B.C. They're trying to use um, um, C.E. Common Era, B.C.E. before the Common Era. Notice what they're trying to do. It's not working, although they're going to keep trying. You'll see it. They're going to keep trying. But the point is, he is right there in the center of our consciousness. He is there right in the center of our history. He is the cornerstone. He is the that big giant stone that cannot be removed from our arguments, our discussions. And it doesn't, you know, and and, and no matter how hard you try, it's not going to happen. You know, since I became Catholic, even before I became Catholic, I've seen films about Jesus of Nazareth. I've seen documentaries about Jesus of Nazareth. I've seen... um, I've seen the documentaries like um, from Jesus to Christ, from the Jesus seminar. Even now, there's still there's still people out there trying to discredit Christianity, trying to discredit um, discredit you know discredit the faith 
how it started. They're coming up with all kinds of crazy theories. It, it, it all falls on the wayside. It all pretty much falls apart. Because really, in a sense, it's been done. I think I think they've sort of worn it out, worn out the whole thing. And I they and trust me, I don't think in many ways the enemies of Christ in the in the, in the universities and in the um, in the uh, um, um, the you know the the documentary departments. I don't think they. I think they're happy when the Christian faith still continues. Even I think they love it when there's shows like The Chosen. I think they, you know, if, if Christianity was was completely thrown out of the public arena and disappears, uh, I think it would be disappointment to them because they'll have nothing to write about. Their field will become obsolete. You know, trust me, the they're not friends of Christ. They're not they're not there to defend him, but they are definitely there. Their bread and butter is based on attacking him. And Christianity is not disappearing anytime soon in any way. So um all right, so let's begin um let's begin with the rest of the prayers. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, the hour of our death. Amen. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in the day of battle. Be our protection against the wild and wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. 
And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen.